the reason uh, the Bible talks about uh, these uh, metaphorical pieces of armor is because we are in a literal uh, battle. Um, the battle that we face is not symbolic and it is not metaphorical, but we are truly in a battle uh, for our soul, for our minds, for our hearts, um, uh, for our life. And uh, it is a battle not just from without. Um, the enemy is not just in society. It's not just all those out there. Uh, it starts within us because I'm going to tell you, it is our own heart. It is our own uh, uh, fallen nature that fights against us, that pulls us away from God. And we need to begin to stand up and begin to use these uh, uh, resources that God has given us to fight the fight, to become victorious, to run the race and finally stand before God and see uh, the, the, the finish line and know that we will receive the prize that God has for us. And, and so we've been looking at, uh, in order to do that, we need to then put into practice uh, these resources that God has given us. And, and that's the one thing. God does, is not going to do that for us. Uh, he has laid it out for us. It is his grace that he has given them to us. It is nothing we deserve. It's nothing we earn, but it is something that we enact. And so we do have to begin to walk in those things that he has provided uh, for us. Um, it, it's kind of like uh, we were talking in, in class today, the new uh, shoes that they've created. You know, they just broke the record for the marathon, and, and a part of it is these new shoes that they've created, which really are amazing, and they do uh, wonders, and uh, uh, they do make a difference. I, I know, I, I was talking, I've never used the new ones. I would love to, to uh, try them sometime. I'm, they're hundreds and hundreds of dollars. It's crazy. Um, I, I, no matter how good they are, I cannot uh, ever justify spending, you know, $400 for shoes or anything. It's like, it's just crazy. Uh, but I know even in my shoes, when you get a new pair of shoes, uh, you are able to do more than what you could do on your own. Uh, but if someone was to give you those shoes um, uh, as a free gift... And you took those shoes, oh, wow, these shoes uh, are going to do great. And you put them in your closet. They're still not going to do anything unless you put them on and start to run in them. And, and so it doesn't mean that you deserve them or you earn them. It is simply you are using what was given to you. And so these resources are from God. They're nothing that we can do on our own. So it's, uh, it is not about trying harder yourself. It is about taking what God has freely given us and putting them into practice. And so we have to be the ones that make that choice uh, to take what he has given and begin to walk in it and to run in them and put it to practice. So let's uh, uh, look back at our text that we have been looking at in Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. This is what he tells us. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord... And in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. You see, we are facing uh, a, a war that is coming against us, and there is an enemy, uh, even outside of ourselves, that is working against us. 
And he tells us, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, um, uh, but against the rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So it's not the people around us that we are fighting. It's not our, our government. It's not our uh, uh, leaders. It is the spiritual forces behind them that are working in them also, that they are fighting this. And, and so we need to get our eyes off of flesh and blood. We get our eyes off of, of the circumstances that we are in and realize that it's spiritual forces that we are facing. And those spiritual forces are within us. They are outside. Uh, they are even in heavenly places um, around us uh, that uh, we know we deal with. So he says, therefore... Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And how many know that this is the evil day? Uh, we are facing that uh, every day. And having done all to stand, stand firm. Therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints." So he lays out these uh, uh, resources that God has given us um, that we are to put on that we may stand. Um, the first ones that we looked at, we talked about the belt of truth, that this is what holds everything together, that we are to understand the truth, that we are to begin to choose the truth and let the truth hold everything in our life together. Um, until we stand upon the truth, and we, we said that the truth is not a fact, it is not a circumstance, it is not a proven theory, the truth is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we begin to uh, belt ourselves up, tie our whole life together on this truth, that Jesus is the truth. We not only put on the belt of truth, but we put on the breastplate of righteousness. Um, and we saw that last week that Jesus, again, is our righteousness. Righteousness is not about working hard to do good things, but that we understand that we can do no good other than with Jesus. And so Jesus guards our heart. We begin to yield ourselves to Jesus that Jesus becomes our passion. Jesus becomes our purpose and our meaning. And you see, that is the plate that guards our heart, that I am living for Jesus. And I leave it up to Jesus to cover everything that means anything to me. And, and so Jesus is our breastplate. Today, we look at the next area, uh, and it said that we are to... Um, uh, we'll put it up here. Put on our shoes, 
having our feet, the shoes for our feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Now, this one many times is confusing, and it has been to me. It's like, okay, what are the shoes? Are the shoes the gospel? Okay, are, are, so we're supposed to uh, walk in the gospel, or is the shoes uh, peace, that we are to walk in peace, um, or, or are the shoes the the uh, the readiness of the gospel of peace. It seems like a lot of things there, but if we take it very simple, and that's, we'll break it down a little bit, it says that the shoes are the shoes of readiness, not the gospel, not peace, but you are to put on your uh, feet the readiness, okay, or preparation. In other words, be prepared. The, the shoes are the shoes of readiness, they are the shoes of preparation um, because, uh, you see, we are facing an onslaught at all times, and, and it's the shoes that keep us firm. Um, so in other words, God says, you need to be prepared. You need to have the shoes of preparation. You need to have shoes of readiness because when you're ready for something, you're able to withstand it. You see, many times the enemy is trying to knock us off balance. You know, he wants to throw things at us that if he can just get us staggering, how many know that when you're staggering, when you don't have balance at any point, the, the enemy can um, uh, uh, overcome you, knock you down, and, and then no matter whether you have breastplate on, no matter what you have, if you're down, you are at his mercy. And so the shoes that the warrior would wear, and many times the Roman uh, soldiers uh, would wear shoes that were kind of like our um, athletic shoes. They would actually have spikes in the bottom that, that they could dig in their feet, and they would, they would be gripping that ground that they were on so that they could stand firm. And so it was the shoes that prepared them for the onslaught. And when they were prepared, when they were ready, they were able to stand against it. Um, and, and also, when they were ready to move, they were able to move with surety. Um, they weren't picking their feet up. Oh, gosh, ooh, the rocks, rocks. And, and move, but they could move with readiness. They were ready to go wherever they needed. So we understand that the shoes um, uh, are the shoes of readiness. They are the shoes of preparation. And I think sometimes Christians want to live this, this super spiritual kind of emotional thing that I'm just, I'm just waiting on the Lord and just as the Spirit moves. And sometimes we as Pentecostals um, uh, fall into that, that we're just waiting for the Spirit to move. And that is great. We believe in the move of the Spirit and we need the move of the Spirit, but there is nothing unspiritual uh, in preparation. There is nothing unspiritual in being ready, in learning, and, and training ourselves in, in readiness so that we might stand before God. Um, in fact, that's what these shoes are. So what are um, uh, the shoes? Like I said, they are there because we need to be prepared to stand, but we also need to be prepared to run when we need to run we need to get there, and we need to get there without injuring our feet, without worrying about being hurt all the time. Um, you know, every time we do something, are, are we always, you know, uh, dealing uh, with drama? Uh, God expects us to be able to move, 
and to move uh, quickly and surely without injury, uh, and also to stand uh, and to face the enemy. Because again, like I said, the enemy is looking to knock us off balance. And many times we as Christians, we're constantly just off balance. And when we're off balance, we can never accomplish anything for God because all our efforts are just going to get back on balance. How many know that? that doesn't it feel like sometimes all your effort is just to find an equilibrium in life? Um, and God is not meant for us to, to, to be distracted by that. Um, but there is a calling uh, to be had. But now here's the thing about the readiness, the preparation uh, of the shoes are produced by the peace of God. By the gospel of peace is what produces the readiness. So in other words, uh, gospel simply means the good news. Um, the good news of peace is what makes us ready. And, and so we prepare ourselves by developing um, and walking in the good news of peace. Uh, the gospel of peace uh, is the gospel that Jesus has come and made everything right again. Okay, so when we look at the word peace, the problem is we think of only a, an emotional context. Peace is kind of just feeling a, a sense of, you know, I'm, I'm no worries, I'm at peace. But that's really not what the word peace means. Uh, that is a portion of it. But the word peace, of course, uh, in Hebrew is shalom. And God is the God of shalom. But shalom is not just an emotional uh, uh, state of being. Shalom really means a wholeness. It is God is a God of completeness. He fixes things. He brings them back into completeness. Now, you see that, that feeling of being at peace really comes from when things are put together. When things are in the way they should be, there is a peace. Um, but it is, it is this sense of completion and restoration that that is the good news of peace, that Jesus came to restore everything, that we don't have to be broken anymore. And when we begin to enter into that restoration that Jesus brings, then there is a sense of peace. We can begin to experience that emotional peace, but you will never experience the emotional peace until you experience the restoration peace of Jesus being the restorer, the redeemer of our life. And so we need to understand that it is when God restores us, when we are right with God, then we are at peace. Okay? You can never be at peace when you are not at peace with God, when you are not right with God. And when we begin to develop that, that is what prepares us. Um, that is what makes us ready. Because, see, if we are standing in the wholeness of God, you see, I have balance. I, I have, I have a, uh, a, a rock that I am connected to. I am made whole, and so therefore I am ready at whatever life has to pour at me. Um, it is when I am not right with God, it is when I am, I am trying to pull all the pieces together myself uh, that I am unbalanced. And so it is the good news that Jesus does that for us. Now again, we see that it's not about what I do, 
Because I cannot put everything back together. I cannot bring peace. The good news of peace is that I don't have to do that. Jesus is my peace. So just as Jesus is the truth and Jesus is my righteousness, Jesus is my peace. And I need to embrace that. And I mean I need to make it who I am. If you want to have peace in your life, it is not about making all your circumstances get solved. It is about bringing Jesus into the core center of my life, that I don't care what else, what else is happening in my life, Jesus is my core. And when I am uh, uh, embracing Jesus, I am at peace. Um, and so we see that uh, in the Bible, um, Jesus becomes uh, the, the readiness I am ready, I am prepared, I am standing firm because I'm holding on to Jesus. And it's as simple as that, but, but it's, it's beginning to put that into our life that becomes a, a, a deeper thing than, than just a mental activity that I, I believe in. Um, we, we see that the, the Word of God, Jesus himself, tells us in John chapter 14, uh, as he was getting ready to leave the disciples and be crucified, he tells them this, peace, I leave you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So you see, when we begin to embrace Jesus, when you begin to live for Jesus, not for your own agendas, not for what you want, but when you begin to embrace Jesus as your meaning and purpose of life, it says that he gives us peace. There is that emotional sense that will come from that. It won't always be there. You won't always feel that, but there will still be a balance. There will be a, a wholeness of your life that comes from Jesus because Jesus says, I give you my peace that comes from Jesus alone. Okay, so when we begin to embrace Jesus as our peace, it makes us ready. How does this readiness work? First of all, we said that we are ready to stand. So we need Jesus in our life. We need to embrace Jesus in such a way that we receive his peace so that I can stand against everything that comes my way, whether it is thoughts of depression, of discouragement, uh, whether it is uh, e emotional uh, uh, problems, whether it is physical problems, whether it is relationship problems, are those things not going to knock my life uh, into a place where I am constantly struggling? Or am I able to stand and face those things and walk through them, realizing that they are real struggles and they are uh, uh, storms of our life that we have to get through, but I can get through them because of Christ. You see, when I have Christ as my peace, I may not have peace of, of emotional uh, settlement all the time, but I can have peace and stand strong through those things because Jesus is what supports me. This is what... Uh, Jesus went on to say in chapter 16 of John, he says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. 
Now, here's, here's the, the promise. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So Jesus says, you are going to have tribulation, but I've said these things that you might have peace. In other words, if you trust in me, you can have peace. You're still going to go through some hard things, but don't fear because I have overcome the world. So here's the thing. We don't give in to our circumstances, but we embrace Christ. It is in Christ that I can do all things. This is what Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. Who's He wasn't talking about accomplishments. He wasn't talking about things, okay, I'm going to go out and do this because I can do all things. When he said, I can do all things through Christ, he was talking about perseverance. I don't care what the enemy throws at me. I can stand strong because my feet are ready because I have embraced Jesus and he is my peace. I don't have to fear. I don't have to worry. I'm not, I'm not uh, jumping back because I trust God. I trust in Jesus and Jesus has overcome this world. You see, when you begin to choose his way, now here's the thing, to trust him means you have to choose his way. It's no longer your way. It's no longer what you think. It's not, God is not saying, so what do you think you should do? No, it's not what you think you should do anymore. It's God, what you said I should do. It's what God decides. So see, I don't even have to, how many know that that's peace when you don't have to make the decisions anymore? It just takes a lot of pressure off because it's not me anymore. So I may not like it, but it wasn't my choice. And so therefore, I still have to maybe suffer through that valley or that storm, but at least it's not because I'm struggling with the, the decisions or anymore. I have surrendered to Christ, and I uh, have uh, embraced his way. So I am ready to stand. Um, so how do we do that? You know, that's easy to say, uh, but here's a great verse that uh, tells us three ways that we can make Jesus' peace uh, prepare us to stand. In Isaiah chapter 26, a great verse that hopefully you should have memorized, uh, written someplace. Um, it's a promise of God, and this is what God says. It says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts in you. This is a promise of God. Isaiah learned this truth about God. And Isaiah is speaking back to God and saying, God, you will keep him, any man, in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you for they trust in you. So how do we prepare ourselves? How do we make ourselves ready for the trials of life? How can we stand firm? First of all, we put our mind on Christ. We're not thinking about how things will affect me. We don't put our mind on what I want, but we begin to think on Christ. Christ becomes our goal. Christ becomes my example. Christ becomes my purpose. When you begin to put your mind on Christ, because how many know it starts with your thoughts? If you're going to think, oh, I'm no good, or I can't do this, I can't do it, or, I, I, oh, I really want to, this is what, when you're thinking on those things, you are not going to be on balance. 
But when I put my mind on Christ, Christ is what I focus on. Therefore, he becomes my meaning. He becomes my thought. I take every thought captive unto the knowledge of Jesus. How do we do that? How do we keep our minds on Christ? Here's the thing. You need to be in the word. You see, if I'm going to put my mind on Christ, I'm thinking on the words of God. I have scriptures in my mind that come to my mind all the time. I think about the word of God. I spend time in prayer talking to Jesus, in conversations with Christ. Prayer is not something I have to kneel down and take a time and say, okay, I'm going to pray, Jesus. Prayer is constantly throughout my day. My mind is just on Christ because God is with me. God is walking with me, and so my mind is constantly on Christ. Oh, God, should I do that? Jesus, right when I do something, I'm thinking, God, how do you feel about that? God, you're right there. You see, when my mind is on Christ, it keeps me settled. It keeps me ready for whatever the enemy, because my mind is on Christ. But the second thing is, is not only keep your mind on Christ, but it says that we are to trust in Christ. See, here's the other thing about peace. Peace is not just about uh, uh, feeling good and, and being ready. We cannot have peace until we have made peace with God. So I need to put my trust in Christ. In other words, you need to bring your life before Christ and repent. There needs to be a repentance before God. Say, God, I have lived my life on my terms up until this point, but from now on, I'm going to trust in you. It is no longer my way, but it is your way. And until we make peace with God through Christ, we can never have peace of God in our hearts. So we need to repent before God. We need to say, God, I need to trust you in every way of my life. We need to ask, what ways in our life are we not trusting God? You know, we believe in God, but there's other ways that we are definitely trusting in our own abilities, or we're trusting in our own desires, or we're trying to fit what we want into the, the, the things that, that God has for us. We want the promises of God, but we want to do it. You can't do that. You either trust God or you don't. And the person who trusts God the person who is willing to sacrifice and do hard things. You might have to give up something in your life that you have been trusting in. And by trusting in, I mean you've been pleased by it. It is part of your life. It is something that you have embraced as part of your life, but you know that it's an idol. It is something that has taken the place of God, and it is getting in the way of your relationship with God. It may not be a sin, but it's in the way and you're not trusting God with it. So we need to come and say, God, I'm going to trust you. And as I trust you, man, that's a hard decision because there's sacrifice involved. But here's what the world doesn't understand. When you sacrifice that thing, you may lose some pleasure, but you gain a whole lot of peace because God puts you back together. Because God then begins to bring everything in your life into a wholeness that makes sense. And there is then a peace so we find peace and we get ready for the enemy when we put our mind on Christ and when we begin to trust in him. But the third thing is this, and it says in Philippians, it says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And here's the, the promise, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts 
and your minds in Christ Jesus. So again, here's the same promise, that the peace of God is going to make you ready. It's going to guard you. You are going to be guarded by the peace of God when not only do you put your mind on Christ, not only do you trust in Christ, but you begin to look to Christ. That in everything of your life, again, you, ask, you don't ask the question, what should I do? We, you say, God, what do you want me to do? I looked, it says, don't be anxious for anything, but, but in everything, you make your request known to God. In other words, you bring everything to Jesus. Jesus, what should I do? Jesus, how do I do this? Jesus, show me the way. Jesus, what have you done? In every part of your life, you begin to look to Christ. Do you take all your cares? Jesus put it this way. He said, cast your cares on me for I care for you. Come to me in every need. Whenever there's a need, the first thing I go to is I look to Christ. Do you lean on him? Do you, do you see him as the source? Now, this is the key thing. Do you see him as the source of everything you need? Wow. You know, we believe in Jesus, but I don't think we always see him as the source of everything we need. I believe in you, Jesus, because I need you to go to heaven, but we don't always see him as I need him to be happy. What we see that we need to be happy are these other things in life. Okay, God, I believe in you, but I need this to be happy in life. If that's the case, then you're not looking to Jesus. You're looking to other things in your life, and you will never have peace, and you'll never be ready when the enemy comes at you, and you wonder why all of a sudden something happens in your life and everything, all of a sudden your faith is in doubt. You know, people say they have a crisis of faith. You know why there's, they have a crisis in faith is because they didn't make themselves ready. Because Jesus said you're going to have tribulation, so why did that surprise you? Why are you having a crisis of faith now when you knew that that was going to happen? At some point in your life, something's going to go wrong. When you prepare yourself because you are always looking to Christ, Jesus is my source of what I need. I may not have money, but I have Jesus. My relationships may fall apart, but I have Jesus. Uh, my career may go a different direction, but I have Jesus. And until you begin to look to Jesus, you're never going to have peace. And so therefore, you're never going to be ready for what the enemy throws at you. So we need to do these three things. I need to put my mind on Christ. I need to look, uh, begin to think about him, think about who he is and, and where he's leading. I need to trust him. I, I need to uh, begin to sacrifice things and live for him, and I need to look to him because he is more valuable. I begin to treasure him. I begin to value him more than the, the what so-called inconveniences that I have to go through. And I begin to find that I am ready to stand. When you begin to do these things, you begin to find that you are standing stronger. All of a sudden, when things happen, hey, that didn't get me down so much. You know, someone that worked said something to you, all of a sudden, you didn't fly off the collar because it didn't just, you know, hit you the wrong way. Because you know why? Because your mind has stayed on Christ. You're ready for those things, and you're ready to let the peace of God get you through it. Well, the second thing, though, is we're not always ready to stand, but we are also ready to run. And where are we running to? When we're not standing against the enemy, we are moving to those in need. Okay, we are an army, so we are not alone. We need to understand that God has called us to move to one another. 
We need to move to those who are in need. And the same peace of God that helps us to stand strong is the same peace of God that gives us the ability to touch other people in need. In fact, we are called to be people that take peace to those in need. Jesus himself uh, said it in Matthew, uh, one of the Beatitudes, uh, the promise of God. He said, blessed, the other word for blessed is happy, are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. You see, we're called not just to stand in our own peace. This peace is mine. Thank God for the peace of God. But we are to move because there's others that need the peace. We are to be peacemakers. We are to take the peace of God that makes us stand strong and go and lift others up that are being knocked down by the enemy and get them back on their feet. So we are to give that peace. We are blessed and happy when we run to those who are in need. But the only way we can be prepared to move to those that are in need is to be covered by the peace of God. So what do we need to do to touch those in need? Um, uh, There's three ways that we bring peace to others. The first way that we bring peace to others is to recognize that they need the same redemption that we needed. They need their lives made whole. Sometimes it's just they are hurting and they need to know that there is someone that cares. You see, that's the peace. Peace is is you have a a position of bringing parts of their life together again and meeting a need. This is what God said in Isaiah 58. He says, is this not the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your guard. You see, God says you're gonna find your own protection when you begin to minister to others. We are called to move in peace, to bring peace to brokenness. It's not about getting everyone saved. You know what? Whether they receive Christ or not, it doesn't matter. You're still called to bring peace to the brokenness. I think so many times uh, we've, we've missed the point. And I'm not talking about a, a gospel of, of uh, just... Um, meeting the world's needs, because there needs to be a spiritual, because like I said, we can never find peace without being at peace with God. But there's also a sense that we do not ignore the world's needs, that we are called to touch people around us, and we need to begin to have a more sensitive heart to those that are in need. We are called to feed the hungry. We are called to touch the the depressed. We are called to surround those who are struggling in their life. We have the peace of God to meet the need that they have. We need to begin to move. People, we as the church need to move. That is what we're ready for. He has given us peace to make us ready to move when you see a need. 
When you see a need, if you have the peace of God, you are going to be able to touch them and, and to meet that need. And it's not something that you have to be some great uh, uh, ability to do. Like it said, sometimes it's, it's just giving food. Sometimes it's just giving encouragement. Sometimes it's, it's just coming alongside and letting them know they're not alone. But we need to begin to live in peace. We need to be peacemakers. And peacemakers sometimes means helping the broken find peace. But not only that, it says in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, but now in Christ Jesus... You who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one. Now, the both that he's talking about is Jews and Gentiles. Jews and Gentiles didn't like each other. In fact, it's not God's people were as just as much at fault. In fact, God's people worse because they, they saw the Gentiles as dogs. They were unworthy. I mean, they, they were... Sp- they were, they were definitely separated. But it says, he himself, Jesus is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 18, it, it tells us this. If Jesus has done that, then if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And in Romans 14, 19, it says, so then let us... Pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. So not only does being a peacemaker mean bringing peace to the brokenness, but it also means bringing peace to conflict. We are called to bring peace to conflict. We are not called to create conflict. So in other words, this is the traditional term of being a peacemaker, are we bringing people together, or are you the problem? Are we the one that, that reconciles people together, or do we worry more about our own feelings and how it affects us? We are called to bring peace to conflict. Are we speaking peace into times of conflict, whether it's at home, whether it's at the work, in our neighborhood, in our communities? We are the people to bring peace, not conflict. We are not here to stir it up. We are here to bring peace because that's what Jesus did. Jesus brought us together. We know that it's the, it's the greatest commandment to love God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. We cannot love our neighbor when there is conflict, when there is, when there is hatred, when we have prejudice and bias. We are called to bring peace. Now, that even means bring peace to those who we think are causing the conflict. See, this is the problem. Sometimes to to cause the conflict, we think, I mean, to bring peace, we have to choose one side. Be very careful. Now, yes, we stand up for right, but I'm saying it's a fine line. You need to really make sure that we are standing in the peace of God because many times we choose a side, and that is not what brings peace. We need to bring peace, which understands that God loves every side, that God loves They are all broken. They are all broken, and they only need Jesus. They don't need us picking a side. The final thing is, of course, we are to bring peace um, uh, to their heart. 
Isaiah says this, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of them who bring good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. So we know that we are called to bring peace. We are to call people to peace with God, that there is a peace that they can have if they would only know God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, making his appeal through us saying that we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. If we are moving in peace, we are not only bringing peace to brokenness, bringing peace to conflict, but we need to bring peace to lostness. We are the ambassadors to the world that there is a peace that they can find if they would come to God, that Jesus has made a way for them to bring peace and to know peace. And if we don't tell them, who's going to tell them? And so if we are to be prepared to move, we've got to have the word of peace in our heart and in our lips. We need to bring that to those around us that are lost. How are they going to know unless someone preaches? How are they ever going to turn to God if no one shares the love of God with them? And so if we are truly covered by peace, if we are ready to stand, if we're ready to move, then we are the ones that need to bring peace to God around us. So here's the question. Are you ready? Do you have your shoes of readiness on? See, I'm not saying are you, uh, are you at peace? Because see, peace that is not used to get ready is just selfish peace. Jesus didn't come just to give you peace so that you can just feel good. Peace is meant to prepare us. It's to prepare us to stand against hard things, or it's to prepare us to go and minister to others. Peace is not something that we just experience and we hold on to. Peace prepares us. Are you ready? Are you ready to stand against the enemy? Are you ready to move to those in need? Or are we just standing back in the huddle? Are we just hoping that that nothing bad happens to us? You see, we need to walk in the peace of Christ. And when you do that, then it says the peace of God will guard you. You will find the armor of God around you because you are protected by the peace uh, that you have put into practice, that you have begun to move forward in that you are standing in. When you stand in peace, you will know the guarding and the protection of Christ. But are you ready? Are you ready in the peace of God? Let's bow our hearts.